I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Oliver. He has stage four melanoma. Let's talk about it. We have started recording now. Oh, okay. Because uh, we were just talking about Larry, and Larry uh, Larry was a guest on this podcast. And he sure he, was. He was on our episode uh, called When Life Gives You Parkinson's. And then after that, he started a friggin' podcast and stole the name <laughs> from us. No, <laughs> I think he came up with the idea of he that. He did, name. actually, yeah. And we named <laughs> our episode after the podcast that he was going to release at the time. Which is released now. Yeah. It's out, and there's yeah. a number of episodes out. It's really great. It's called When Life Gives You Parkinson's. And you should check it out. You should. Yeah. And actually, the reason why we're talking about Larry right now is because we're here, still here in Vancouver at the Chorus uh, uh, head office in a beautiful, actual, legit recording studio. Yeah. How fucking different does it feel? I mean, I'm sure the listeners can't really tell, but like for us. Does this well, not feel massively different? Than- yeah, I mean, we're at a nice desk. We're yeah. using these great booms. Uh, there's like the whole, the, every wall is soundproofed from top to bottom. I bet you, actually, I bet you, there's Donovan a- will definitely hear it. And I'm yeah. sure the guests can kind of hear it. There's a room with a window this. that looks into where, like, if we needed an audio engineer, that's where they'd sit. Yeah, we're not that baller. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need one, though. Uh, but we're here in Vancouver, and we're sitting down with another guest. Uh, and uh, it's... This time, it's a, a young gentleman. Uh, you look young. How old are you, Oliver? 30. 30. That's a good age to be. Kind of young. Yeah. I could still pass as young, so you know. I got yeah, a, I think I, 30s But young. I have the benefits of being old. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Depends on who you ask. If you ask an 18-year-old, you're old as fuck. You are. If yeah. you ask a 50-year-old, you, you mean a baby. Old, if I ask a baby, I'm yes, old as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I got ID'd yesterday here in Vancouver. First time in a long time because I had this bitchin' beard and then I shaved it off like two days ago. And I got ID'd. You guys, what's, what's with the two pieces? That's weird. So, yeah, it's so aggressive. Dude, I, I regularly get ID'd. Yeah. I get ID'd more you than I don't get ID'd. You look way younger than Jer, though. You got that baby face. Yeah. You do have a baby face. Uh, well, I wouldn't say way younger. Just relax there with that tag. <laughs> no, significantly younger. Not that much younger. I, you so, know what? Oliver what's looks, Oliver think? Oliver looks younger than me, though. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so does. I'll bust out one medical thing. So I get ID'd sometimes, but one of the things that happened as part of my treatment, all my facial hair turned white, weirdly enough. Whoa. It's probably due to immunotherapy because it has a bunch of crazy side effects. So, But if I grow out my facial hair, poultry as it is, I won't get ID'd because who ID's someone with white facial hair? Oh, yeah, of course. That's old-ass man territory. We haven't talked about... Uh, we haven't like, talked, I think he's 80. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked about what, what you have, but um, but the, the listeners can't see this right now. And, and in my opinion, you have what I would like to call um, cancer hair. Cancer hair? Cancer hair. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Tell you know, me about that, Brian. Yeah. It's it's the hair on your head that I imagine, I don't know anything about your story, um, but it looks like... It's a you, huge shot you, in the dark, Brian. Have you have you lost your hair on your head before from cancer, from chemo? No. And in fact, I'm not doing chemo. Have you have you done anything that thins your hair? No. Okay. You you have... You have <laughs> now I've just wow. insulted you. You should. Well, swing and a mess. The reason why I say that is because your hair reminds me, now n- not to get sad, Holy but your fuck. hair reminds me of my of our friend Brandon's, yeah. who we lost from cancer. Yeah, and, and Did you the, touch his hair? No, I can tell by the, the texture. Do you want to yeah. touch it? <clears throat> I can tell by the touch texture. Touch his hair right now, bro. Yeah, I think you might this want to touch it. This is a racial thing. Can, t- I, t- touch his can hair. I touch your hair? There you go. That's nice. No, I don't pet his head, dude. Maybe He's it's Maybelline. Because <laughs> what, he, what he means is that what is what he means is that we our friend Brandon when he lost his hair after after chemo treatment and when it came back it was like incredibly soft. It was like baby hair. 
Yeah, and, and that's he, and he's he's saying that you you have baby hair is what he's trying to say. I look like a baby. <laughs> he's trying to say you look like a baby. Don't you think his hair looks soft though to touch? Yeah, Dude, I think it, he, looks he also like looks he has, like he just wore a helmet to get here. Yeah, as he was driving. His looks bike. like he's got thirty year old hair. Yeah. You know, like yeah. pretty typical. Uh, okay, so we kind of alluded to uh, cancer, and uh, which which I think is what we're here to talk about today, right? Yep. What's uh, what's what's your what's your what kind of cancer you got? So a couple of years ago, I had a mole on my back, which looked suspicious. I hope you could hear the air quotes over mm-hmm. on radio I there. Think, I think it came through. Yeah. Uh, so I went to the dermatologist and it was melanoma. So the procedure they do with that is they do what's <coughs> called a wide local excision. So they take a one centimeter margin around where the uh, mole was and that stops it from returning in the vast majority of cases. Now, earlier this year... Stops the melanoma? Or stop. Yeah, it removes all of the melanoma in the vast majority of cases. Right, now, okay. Earlier this year, or rather late last year, I noticed a weird spot under my left fingernail that was like a Under line. your fingernail? Yeah. Whoa. Funnily enough, Bob Marley had one under his toenail, and that's what killed him. Mostly because it was against his religious beliefs to get his toe amputated. Yeah. So, R. Wait, R. Bob Marley. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? It Dude, was against his religious beliefs to have his toe cut off. Yeah, it's like it's it's is it's, the toe sacred? It's, it's something about Rastafarianism and like medical intervention. There's like some oh. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's like some Whoa. there's something in there. I didn't know that about not getting. I think Jehovah's blood. Witnesses can't get blood transfusions, so I think within Judeo-Christian religions there are ones. I know some people can't get tattoos as well. I think it might be Jewish people. Wow. Otherwise, they can't go to heaven. Yeah. Religion like is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never never stops to amaze me. Um, so come back to the finger, excuse me, the fingernail thing. It was like, it's like a little black spot under the fingernail. Holy shit. Wait. <laughs> oh. oh, fucking fuck. <laughs> you, oh. <laughs> oh, no one could see that. But you're, oh my God. Okay. So you just did the, you just did the like, the like. Oh, dad, dad joke of like pulling the thumb off, you know, where you like you wrap your finger got around your, your thumb. thumb and got your thumb, or got, got your, your nose, got your yeah, nose, got your nose. But you also do the the thumb thing where you it makes it look like you're pulling your own thumb off. He, you did that with your index finger, but when you, you pulled your thumb away, you actually didn't have. You had a nub for a finger, which I didn't notice. That's a fucking good trick. Yeah, nub, people, nub nub's a little far. Hold hold your hand oh, up. Hold your hand up again. Yeah, he's he like the he, you're yeah, you're I missing mean, from the top knuckle. He's, he's missing like thirty percent of it. So it's nubbed. Oh, nubbed. I thought you said nub. Like it's a nub. <laughs> when you held your hand up at, at first, I was like, holy shit, you have a really small finger. And then I was like, <laughs> oh wait, your finger's significantly shorter. <laughs> no, no, it's been amputated. <laughs> so they just lobbed off your the top of your finger. Yeah. So the wide local incision, excision <clears throat> there. If you want to take a one centimeter margin from your fingernail. Basically, the end of your finger has to come off. Right. Damn. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's take it back then. Uh, Where was the first mole again? Sorry. On the back. On my back. back. And what I'm interested about that is um, who caught it? Was it something that you were like, hey, this looks weird? Or like, did your girlfriend kind of point it out to you? Or I kind of saw it and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. I probably shouldn't do anything about it. And then my family told me and my girlfriend told me that I should get it looked at. So. And so when you went to get it looked at it w- um, and they figured it out, how, how when they cut it off, like how deep do they go? Are they cutting like deep in or is it pretty, pretty close to the surface? So I don't know exactly how deep they cut. But one of the ways that uh, melanoma is staged or classified is they go by the thickness. So a stage one melanoma is up to one millimeter thick. So the one on my back was 0.75 millimeters thick. So usually that means it's a good thing that they can get it all out just with surgery. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, so they took that off. And then, and then it was, a, what, a year later? or uh, A couple years later. So yeah, I had this one on my finger anyway, getting back to that. Um, and after that, since I had had two melanomas, they wanted to do more investigations. So they did uh, this thing called a sentinel lymph node biopsy. What they do with that is they inject a radioactive tracer close to where the melanoma was, which really stings. <laughs> Anyone who has to get that, it really stings. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. now. They're not lying. Like and, like it, the liquid when it goes in you stings? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's well, got some sort of iodine in it. Right, it's, yeah. it's, and it's radioactive. So I guess yeah. it's like... You're you're putting, you're putting poison into you. Yeah, into pretty your skin. much. Pretty much. Poison sounds like it burns if it goes in you. <laughs> well, yeah. I've had I've had other poisons this year that haven't burned, so you know. Okay, well there, you go. <laughs> there we go. So it's not a blanket statement that That's we can. Right. You know yeah, it depends mean? on your poison. <laughs> so then, what they do is they did a scan of kind of my upper arm and shoulder, 
and they basically, so your lymphatic system is a bunch of veins. Mm -hmm. Then you have nodes, which are kind of like checkpoints. So they'll stop infection, they'll stop cancer cells, a number of things. So they found the lymph nodes that this, that, that my finger drained to, and then they cut my arm and my armpit open and took out the four that it drained to. Oh, yeah, okay. Whoa. You can see, yeah, there's a big scar on your I have a bigger scar in my armpit. There. Because they're saying that if, well, if we found it, if there was a, if there was a, it is the proper way to say that it is a melanoma on your finger? Yeah, so like, I think so. If they find a melanoma or they find the spot and they go, well, that we think that that's cancerous, and they take it, they take your finger off, and they're going, well, all the all the your lymph your your lymphs are your lymph no your your lymph 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 is is, a fluid, is going yeah. is going to these points. Yeah. So we're thinking that, well. It probably drained into these nodes. Yeah. And so the cancer probably just like, if there's cancer there, then it's just sitting there. So we're going to take those out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first place it would go before it went anywhere else. Okay. Well, okay. So melanoma, just to <clears throat> clarify, is, is basically skin cancer. Yeah. It's the, it's the bad skin cancer. Okay. Wait, what's the good what's skin the, what's cancer? What's the other one? Or the not so bad so skin So melanoma cancer? is tumors of the melanocytes. So those are the things that give your skin pigment. Okay. Um, you can get other ones. I haven't really hence done the any mole, research. Hence the mole and exactly. why it's dark. Yeah. Okay. And and is is like one of the suspected like causes of that like exposure to sun or UV like high doses of UV rays. So yeah, that's one of the ones. So basically, getting too much UV will damage your DNA, cause your cells to mutate. Okay. Usually, it happens where you already have a mole. A mole is basically a benign tumor of the melanocytes. It's mm. not. It's not actually going to harm you. It's just kind of there, but it's more susceptible to becoming harmful. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. The other big thing is uh, hereditary melanoma, which it's suspected that I have. So oh. they're actually testing. I, I sent away some blood, so they're testing it at a lab right now. So I'll find out if I have that. That's not really useful for me already because I already have cancer. But if right. you had a kid. Yeah, or but, for my brother or mm. for my family, for instance. I didn't know that was possible. I, I've never heard of hereditary melanoma. Yeah, well... Well, it's because if you no, have, have hereditary melanoma, <laughs> then you're, you might get taken out of the gene pool. So it's pretty rare. Okay. Um, but basically, if you have hereditary melanoma, you can have up to a 75% chance of getting melanoma in your lifetime. Wow, okay. oh, that's yeah. high. That is fuck. So you start out with a much greater <coughs> risk versus right. the general population where it's about 6%. Do you know, does it compound if, you're then, if you then are like a, a, like a chronic, uh, like all-inclusive vacationer? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, th think of it like a like a roller coaster. You have to you have to get pushed over the top somehow. Mm -hmm. If you have hereditary, you're already halfway up the slope. Right, sure. And then you add some other things, and eventually you might gonna get push it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Dude, come right I'm, up on that mic. Don't be. Oh, yeah, don't be shy. yeah, it's okay. Don't be I, shy about it. I'm uh, I'm super terrified of melanoma. Um, only when I'm rationally thinking. Well, it's funny I say rationally thinking about it, but like. When I think about it, I've had like a lot of exposure to dude. You get to sun, you, yeah. You get like, and you get leathery. Like you get <laughs> in the in the winter, like in the yeah. in the summer, you turn into like one of those fucking like like twenty year Reti retired, retired you dudes know what, that just sit with like the the the, oh, the baking sheet on his chest, <laughs> and he's just like he. Just, and then like every day, he's there every day, same spot, same lawn chair. He brings his own lawn chair. Sits it there, doesn't have any friends or talks yeah. to anyone. Has one dog. It's white, white, like yeah. white as a ghost, yeah, and yeah. it's a lot little and fluffy. Yeah, yeah. And then he, when he's done, gets up, packs his little baking sheet deep, thing, deep lines in his head. Yeah, and he has like a little bit of a hunch, and he walks. He's a little slow, but you can tell back in his day he was a spry fuck. That's me. Yeah, that's, that's you it. in the summer. That's exactly yeah. But um, just but, like how he was well, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, is that like I. I've, I've definitely had significant sunburns in my life, but I mm. tend not to burn badly, um, I, I, like a, on a regular average sunny day. Because you work I, on it. Um, you work on it daily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but that like exposure to sun and no, like <clears throat> once I started to realize the, uh, we had a guest on early on in our podcast, Leighton Reed, and he um, had melanoma and that's that was a cancer that eventually... Um, ended his life mm -hmm. and when we started to learn more about that and talk more about that i started to realize how devastating it could be to, to yeah. live with that yeah so it started to like like make me 
um, be a little bit more conscientious about the amount of time that I spend in direct sunlight without mm-hmm. putting on sunscreen. A little off topic, but have you ever have you ever like really burned your eyelids? Oh. Uh, I don't think so. Holy fuck, it's bad. Is it bad? It's so bad. I think the worst place that I've ever burned is the back of my knees. You want to know why it's so bad to burn your eye- eyelids? Tell me. Because when you open your eyes, <laughs> your eyelids just like, they all just push up into your upper eyelids. You know what I mean? Like you mean, it, like, you mean the skin, the like, skin the of skin the eyelid. When you open your eyes, it just mushes the yeah. eyelid up right at the top. Yeah, right. By your eyebrows. The yeah. other reason, and that just it's like constantly <laughs> being fucked with. So you fell asleep in the sun. Is what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, okay, the, yeah. the other reason that I'm a little bit um, um, that I'm afraid of melanoma is because Taylor and I used to go to tanning salons. Ooh. Oh God, did you guys really? For like. <laughs> For like back when you were watch, watching the OC, yeah, exactly. For like five, <laughs> that's, that's why I know that's I need for one like of those. five months in in <clears throat> in like tenth grade. Hey, I mean, whatever, dude. You don't have to. You don't have to like justify, justify it, yeah, dude. Yeah. We looked weird because we were fucking tan as shit. You in like February. Right, you look fucking and, weird. Dude, it was fucking weird. <laughs> I wore a lot of Abercrombie back then. You know how it is. But also, you know, at least I can be thankful oh, that God. some of my skin cells have been protected by that little Playboy bunny sticker that you get. Oh God, wear, Jesus! So you, can oh, check your... you guys did do uh, that. You too. don't get it. You chose yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, they're not oh, like they're oh. not like. Here's your mandatory yeah. Playboy oh, okay. bunny Playboy bunny sticker. Yeah, and I chose it, and you didn't choose it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, no, you had it too. I fucking hate uh, you guys. Look at that. Taylor, too cool for school. He's like, oh. I never did that. All I did was bake myself in a in a tanning bed. Yeah, sorry. I you didn't had- go that far, Brian. <laughs> you had the cherries. I'm sorry. <laughs> Holy fuck, Oliver. I'm so, so sorry. So, I'm Oliver, so, this is okay. So this, is, this is a really roundabout way to get into the question. I'm here, for, I'm here for an hour of dumb and morbid jokes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so now that we got to this part, um, um, like, did you do any... Uh, did, did you have an excessive exposure to UV rays? No. One thing I will add just to make you feel better, uh, as bad as melanoma is, is detectable. So if you have cancer of one of your internal organs, you're probably not going to catch it until it's yeah. worse. Yep. But melanoma, if you kind of stay on top of it, you can see something. Go Man. to a dermatologist Fuck, I've, and you're I've probably had, fine. I've had a well, mole on my arm right here that I picked and like kind of looks a little bit deformed. Can picking and your moles fucking like make it? Can it like ramp up the cancer? I'll ask my dermatologist on Halloween yeah. when it, I'm going to see my dermatologist. Is that when you go next? Or? Yeah. Are you going to dress up? Uh, well, I've got my Halloween costume. I'm wearing it today. It's it's a ghost, but <laughs> yeah, obviously okay. it's not finished yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still working on it. <laughs> um, in your application, and maybe this is getting a, a bit of ahead of ourselves, but might as well drive dive into it now. Um, I believe you had written down stage four melanoma. Yes. So the first one on your back was stage one. Yep. And the one on your finger. Possibly stage one. So I'll continue on the. Yeah, sure. After I got the scan, it showed (laughs) that two of the four lymph nodes they took out had some amount of melanoma in them. So the next thing they do is called a PET scan or a CT PET scan. Mm -hmm. So a CT CT scan is like a 3D X-ray of your body. They put you in this tunnel and this thing whirls around you. Mm-hmm. A PET scan. They do the same thing, but you're just covered in puppies. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah radioactive gotcha. puppies. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they inject you with this uh, radioactive thing that gets absorbed in cells the same way that glucose does. Um, now, one of the things about cancer cells is they metabolize more quickly than other cells. So when you get injected with this radioactive glucose analog, it'll get absorbed into cancer cells at a higher rate than the rest of your body. Then what it does Ooh. is when it decays, it shoots out a particle and another particle directly opposite from one another. What? Yeah, it's super weird. That's insane. So I'll just, I'll just, I graduated <laughs> as a mechanical engineer earlier this year. So one of the really interesting things in this whole journey for me has been seeing all the technology that goes into it. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so anyway, it shoots out these two particles at opposite directions to one another. And if enough of these get detected coming from the same area, then they can say, there's probably cancer there. And they've well, created a Higgs boson in your body. Yeah, something yeah. Particles like that. shoot out in opposite directions yeah. and they come back around and collide. And <laughs> next thing you know, you got a Higgs boson. And a new, new tum- type of matter is born. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's a, it's a cancerous tumor. <laughs> Fuck. Damn it. <laughs> so that scan showed that I had a lesion on my liver. They don't say the word tumor anymore. I don't really know why. So I had a lesion oh. on my liver 
which they, because I had had these other melanomas, they suspected it was melanoma. Mm -hmm. So then they had to confirm that was melanoma. Biopsy time. Yeah, a needle biopsy. That was a lot of fun. They just took a little hole there. Yeah, a okay. little hole? That's a fucking hole, dude. Uh, it was, it was a, well, compared to other holes. Yeah, you, well, yeah, sure. I, 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 can, I, I can't poop out of it. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah you can't. No, but that, I mean, you, when you say needle and you, I, people can't see it, but like it's a... Uh, Gunshot. It's a little, yeah, it looks like a bullet hole. The needle was a lot smaller. The scars kind of spread out. So anyway, right, they sure. put this <laughs> needle into my liver four times, got four samples, confirmed it was oh, melanoma. me, four times? Why four? They want to make sure they, they get a sure. good sample so they don't have to do it again in a while. Sure, so just do it a bunch in one Basically, time. Basically, yeah. yeah. So they got the results of that oh. back, and it was melanoma. So when your cancer spreads outside of your lymphatic system to other organ systems in your body, then it's stage four. Oh. oh okay. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. And that's because of the hard... It's, like, it's, <clears throat> it's on its way. It's harder, it's harder to harder to pin down. Yeah, well... It depends on the cancer. Like all cancers are different from one another. Yeah. Um, that can even extend from person to person. I mean, people respond differently to different treatments. Right. Okay. So we're working really hard on um, becoming doctors through this podcast. Like we want, we're, we want an honorary. We're almost there. Yeah, degree. Uh, we're expecting them shortly. Yeah. Um, so I'm no expert, but at the um, I'm absolutely not an expert. But at the beginning of this pro science, podcast, right? pro science oh, yeah. moment here, here it comes. Um, at the beginning, I asked you if you'd been through chemo. Now, to me, chemo is like that, oh shit, like cancer's now spreading through your body. Let's get it all. Let's like hit you with some chemo. So why, why didn't they do that? Or what did they do once they realized that it was in your liver? So historically speaking, melanoma has been pretty difficult to treat. It doesn't really respond to chemo very well, so they don't really give much chemo. So okay. the main thing that they can do with melanoma is if you catch it early enough, they'll remove it surgically. Mm-hmm. Um, so since I was stage <coughs> four, there's this new treatment um, that has kind of been introduced in the last five years called immunotherapy. Right. We yeah. you know some people that have done immunotherapy. Yeah, so I'm on immunotherapy. They gave me, well... Uh, they gave so so the particular immunotherapy protocol that I was on. They give you what's called combination immunotherapy. So they give you two different immunotherapy drugs um, called checkpoint inhibitors. How how much explaining do you guys want? Dude, fucking Dude. give it yeah. all to us. I, I love this shit. <laughs> so are the checkpoint inhibitors like checkpoints as in your your nodes? Uh, it's checkpoints as in your cells. So oh, okay, okay. Interestingly enough, the two guys that won the Nobel Prize for medicine, Dr. Hanjo and Dr. Allison. They won it for immunotherapy this year. They were two of the people who discovered these two checkpoint inhibitors. Radical. We're we're actually going to be the winners of the Nobel Prize for podcasting. Yeah, I think this next year, year for yeah. for <laughs> medical. Anyway, I, anyway yeah. yeah, they didn't medical, really give us the details. Not to blow, blow smoke up yeah. our own ass. Yeah. Yeah. Checks yeah. in the mail, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. A million dollars. And, yeah, and also uh, what, a statue. They're they're erecting <laughs> Some sort a statue. statue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So speaking of checks, the checkpoint inhibitor. Um, yeah, so your cells in your body need to be protected from your immune system in some way. So one of the ways they do it, and I, I'm not sure this is bro science, I don't think they've discovered all of them or exactly how they all work because the immune system is very complex. We're only starting to understand it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They express particular proteins that when the immune system goes and it basically docks with the... the when the immune system cells go and they dock with those cells, they see the protein and they're like, oh, nope, this one's not for me, and then they leave. Mm-hmm. So cancer or some t- types of cancer play the same trick on the immune system. So that's why your immune system won't Ugh. attack the cancer. Right. Man, it's and so, so And so is the, is the checkpoint, is the, are, <coughs> are these inhibitors, are they, are they taking away that, that protein from exactly. the cancer cells? Yeah. So, so that your immune system can go, oh, we can fuck this thing up. Yeah. So they inject you with this antibody that basically tells your immune system, hmm, you should probably ignore those, and then your immune system does. So one of the side, well, the side effects you can get from this is you can get any sort of autoimmune thing where your body attacks certain parts, where your immune system attacks certain parts of your body. So it can attack, it can basically make anything swell up and get inflamed. Have Mm -hmm. you noticed any of that? Have you felt that? So after I got my first dose of the... Combination immunotherapy. Um, I 
basically got colitis over over a month. No Whoa. way. Yeah. Like temporary. It's a temporary yeah. colitis. Yeah. Dude, you, get, just, you get to try all the autoimmune yeah. diseases. See before. what you think. Just yeah, take see it back. What you think. Exactly. Take it back yeah. if you don't want it. Back to the store. I just yeah. want to quickly interject here. This is a really fascinating conversation for me because like all, all the big words and stuff they're using, it's making me feel like I started taking French classes a, cu- a couple weeks ago. And like while I'm in French class, there's some things that are being said in French that I'm understanding. I'm like, I, I know that word. I recognize that word. I can put, I can piece together what I understand through these words that I recognize. And as you're talking, I'm like, holy shit. Okay. Brain, like try to work as fast as it can to understand what you're saying. And I'm, I'm picking up pieces of things that I recall from like past episodes that we've and you're recorded. you're trying to translate it and into it, French in your head. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. and, and it's not working. English. So like, anyway, wow, that's on. why, that's why you haven't <laughs> paying any fucking attention this whole time. <laughs> no, I've right? been Just totally paying attention, like, oh. but but it, it's crazy because I'm like trying to use like uh, like understand these pieces that you're saying like mm-hmm. it's so it's so crazy like the it, it just blows my mind again like I've said this so many times before but it blows my mind how smart people are that they're able to like actually figure this stuff out and do it that we've come this far yeah. you know that we've come this far in like in the advancement of medical technology it it is shocking <laughs> it is yeah it's, you know it's super super wild. Mm-hmm. So, so we, what did you, did you notice anything else in terms of like uh, uh, side effects of the immunotherapy? Well, it's really <clears throat> hard to know what's the side effect of the immunotherapy. And one of the things I'm struggling with right now is um, what might be a symptom of the cancer as well. Right. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Yeah, so it, I'm, I'm getting a lot of false positives. Is the cancer that you have um, just not a cancer that, that anyone would treat with? chemotherapy or or are you are you as the patient going oh that's just not the route i want to take or tackle or my med team doesn't want to go that route so the immunotherapy <laughs> is kind of the first first option that they'll do because it's, okay. the, it's the one with the highest chance of success oh okay uh, the other thing to add to that is i also have a bunch of tumors in my brain um whoa what yeah, yeah. like like these were kind of old tumors, old news, or like these you found these once the melanoma thing started happening. I found them once the melanoma thing started happening. Okay, yeah. and are they what? What kinds of tumors are they? Probably melanoma. Oh, okay. Yeah. No way. Okay. Yeah. So when when you um, get this diagnosis, like I, I'm trying to imagine, um, like that first time that you find out that you have melanoma on your back, and then the second time again you find that it's traveled, like. What starts to go through your head is, is like, you know, there's this, there's this fear around the word cancer. When you find out that you have cancer, it, it, it's like a, a really scary thing, I imagine. Um, but what was that like for you? Um, so the first one was scary, but you quickly become kind of, well, I don't want to say complacent, but you kind of adjust to a new normal. Like I'd stay out of the sun mm-hmm. more, I'd be more careful, I'd kind of do better inspections of myself to see if anything comes up. But when you hit stage four, it's just, it's kind of the same thing, but you really kind of adjust how you think about life. Like I was going to go move to Montreal, go to grad school and stuff, but um, I found it's really, it's really important to be adaptable in your life. I mean, it's something that I might've figured out eventually anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, do you mean that you don't want to go do that? Um, I can't. Well, right now I can't. I need to stay in Vancouver for my treatment. For your treatment. Yeah. And and is like I imagine that again. Like if if I was to find out that I had cancer, like one of the first things that I'd be curious about is like how um, how how bad is this? Like is it is this going to be something that that inevitably takes my life? Is it something that's going to shorten my life? Is it something that I can recover from? Did you ask those types of questions? Um, I didn't so much ask them as I did my own research. So melanoma, the survival rates are historically pretty low. It's like a 15% five-year and a 10% 10-year survival rate. So not looking particularly good. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. 15% of people with melanoma make it to five years? Yeah. Holy even, shit. Even though, it's a, even though it's a cancer that is... That oh, with stage quite, four melanoma. With stage yeah. four, okay. Right. Right. Stage four. Okay. Yeah. And right, and so the stage four is the fact that it's traveling through your body now. Yeah. Which is, that's what's, what Leighton yeah. was dealing with, was stage four melanoma because it spread to different parts of his body. Yeah, and, so one of the tricky things about melanoma is it spreads through your blood and through your lymphatic system. I think if you're a doctor and you're listening and I'm wrong, 
please uh, I don't know, laugh at me or whatever. Yeah, just send us hate mail. Hate mail can go to Taylor at uh, sickboypodcast.com. <laughs> Taylor at sickboypodcast.com. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take yeah. the brunt of it. Also, also melanoma grows rapidly compared to other cancers. So that's one of the other things yeah. that makes it tricky. And like having it in those different highways and traveling fast, it's like it's hard to catch it. It's hard to like st- stop it in its tracks, right? Yeah. Like that's what makes it. So so stage four, fuck man, you, you know what? Oliver, like when we first started talking, I was like, oh, he has stage four melanoma. But then you started talking about it. And I was like, oh, but Oliver's like, oh, he's great. Like every, everything's going to be good. They took off the thing on his back. They lobbed off a part of his finger. He's got an up now. And and now, fast forward, you know, we're 30 minutes in. And, and I'm going, oh, f- oh, wait, fuck. Oliver's got cancer in his brain. And the melanoma is stage four, right? Stage four melanoma. Are you like... Are you like? Are you panicking? Like, are you? Do you feel? Do you feel like your time is running out, or are you just taking it day by day? It depends on the day. Like, there's some days where I feel like really crappy about it. Like yeah. everything I do is kind of redundant because I don't know. What's the point? I'm, exactly. I'm not going to be here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But by the same token, talking about <laughs> kind of readjusting your priorities when something like that happens. I read this book recently by Viktor Frankl called Man's Search for Meaning. He went through <sighs> the... Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool book. Yeah. It's kind of rough. But one of the things that he said was, you can have everything taken away from you except the freedom to choose how you want to react to a situation. Mm-hmm. So mm, that things like that, me. you really have to, I mean... However long you live is however long you're going to live. Yeah. And I mean, I could, on my bike, go get hit by a car and die. Mm -hmm. And that wouldn't change if I had stage four melanoma or if I didn't. I mean, people don't, I mean, you feel like you're invincible and everything could go fine, but you could die at any time. You could get some terrible disease. You could, or you could just die like Bruce Lee died of an aneurysm and he was probably extremely, extremely healthy. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you have to continuously remind yourself this? Or, or is, it just, <clears throat> is it just one of those things that you, you sort of naturally now fall into, that, that sort of mind frame? Well, I'm not really good at it yet. <laughs> right, right. You're, you're trying to adopt. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say my default state is to just live and not think about things, either the bad things or the good things. So you have to make an effort to kick yourself into that kind of good track. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts have they given you any sort of like idea of like where you where you look like you're kind of falling within that statistic of like the the 15 percent no um so one of the weird thing on one other of the weird things about immunotherapy is aside from the extremely unpredictable side effects um you just have to kind of wait and see really so right. it may not look like anything's happening and then it'll all start happening. So, when did at, you start the immunotherapy? Uh, that was in July. So, yeah, after the so I was talking about the induction phase of the treatment where they give you the two different drugs. Mm-hmm. They give it to you every three weeks up to a maximum of four times. I only ended up getting two of them because I got really sick from the colitis. I lost like 40 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So, I've gained back more than half of that. Whoa, yeah. really? I looked like a skeleton. It was Whoa, pretty yeah. fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> that's no crazy. So, yeah, been... speaking of relative suffering, yeah. I was in pretty bad shape then. Yeah, but, right. you know, life was still good. Like I had a really, I had a really great view from the from the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the second hospital room, third hospital room I was in, actually, the bathroom also had a window with the view of the mountains. So, oh wow! If you were going to the bathroom, you could look at. The, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was a good joke. Something like looking Dude. at the mountains when you're taking a big old piss. <laughs> yeah. Dude, absolutely. Um, how do you how do you feel about like the thought of death? If it happens, it happens. I mean, 
obviously things changed, but I mean, there's nothing I could do to change it if it was going to happen. So one of the other things, speaking of death, uh, I my mom died of pancreatic cancer when I was in my teens. Okay. Um, that's also genetically related to melanoma, so that's one of the reasons why they think I have a hereditary melanoma. Oh, wow. And kind of being there when she died and seeing her deteriorate um, has made me think a lot about, like, if I were to die, how I would want it to happen. And I think... Yeah. Like medical assistance in dying? Yeah, so I think... I mean, the, the two things I'm worried about most are kind of losing my mind and hurting the people around me. And obviously hurting the people around me, it's also up to them partly. But one of the things I've thought about is if I am going to die, would I rather deteriorate physically and mentally or would I rather pick a point where it was like, I'm going to die, I'm still myself, I'm still pretty good. Mm -hmm. Maybe it would be better to be able to say goodbye to people in kind of my full full competency. Yeah, Yeah, so I mean... I'm I'm thankful for all the medical technology that makes it so this is treatable, but I'm also thankful that I will at least have some sort of choice if I do die about what might happen. I mean, this yeah. is obviously part of a bigger discussion with yeah. my friends and family, but and so I don't know. the goal of the goal of your the goal of your of your therapy is to uh, I'm assuming they're not they're not they're not talking about going in and trying to take out any of the tumors in your brain. Well, the immunotherapy can. Do that. So like, one of like the to shrink them. Yeah. Right. So one of the things that I think <clears throat> I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but there's this thing called the blood brain barrier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which basically stops larger molecules from getting into your brain or cells. Now melanoma is sneaky and it can get through that. Um, one of the places. So there's three places that melanoma likes to go. One's your lungs. One's your liver. And one's your brain. Those are the places where it's more likely to metastasize than others. Um, so that's one of the reasons why end-stage melanoma has been so difficult to treat because you can't really get some chemicals into your brain. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, but the immunotherapy has actually shown, uh, results. So it can shrink tumors in the brain. So, I mean, ideally I'd get, um, a complete response. Everything would shrink away and be undetectable and then woohoo, great. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that can happen is things can be stable for an amount of time. So they won't be growing, they won't be shrinking, they'll just be there. there. Yeah. And you've just you've got you've got a you've got a a, a malignant cancer, but it's not it's not so that, it's not malignant not, at the point at that right. point. Okay. <laughs> Wrong word, but um yeah, so I mean I might uh, and yeah, the other the other one is they keep growing and there's one other therapy that would work for me that's another immunotherapy that they could try if this uh, particular one I'm on right now doesn't work. Um, so where are you at in the treatment? Like you did this, you did this like original sort of inductory yep. treatment. You get the colitis, fucks you up, they stop it. Yep. Do you go back and start a new one? So after they do that, they <coughs> so the double dose at the same time has high toxicity is what they call it. Right. Um, which basically means it has adverse side effects that may make the therapy not worth it overall. Um, so that's why I didn't do the third and fourth dose of the combination immunotherapy. So after that, the particular protocol I'm on, they give just one of the immunotherapy agents every four weeks or so I've been led to believe. So that's called the maintenance dose. Okay. And and up to this point, that's where you're at right now. Yeah. Up to this point, have you or have they noticed... I mean, I guess you wouldn't really notice a difference, but like, have they noticed anything positive or negative in terms of like the the stage or state of, of which your cancer exists? Yeah. So one of the things my medical oncologist said is that early results, like within the first three months, may be sort of inconclusive. Then you may not paint a full picture of what's going on. But what has happened in subsequent scans is the tumor on my liver has shrunk. Um, the ones in my brain, some of them grew a little bit, some of them shrunk, some of them stayed the same size. So it's hard, it's hard to know what You're exactly is going on. How many, brain spectrum. how many brain tumors do you have? 13. Oh, fuck. And are they, are they all over the map or are they sort of like localized to... They didn't really tell me where they were. I probably could have found out. Um, yeah, one of the other things, That's if you so have fewer than 10 um, uh, metastases in your brain, they can do this thing called stereotactic radiosurgery 
where they basically shoot high-intensity beams of radiation at the tumors and ablate them, so they kind of burn them away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but if you're you just have, three over. Yeah, if you have more than 10, then that <clears throat> means that you're extremely likely to have really small ones that aren't detectable in other places in your brain. So okay. doing that doesn't really make any sense. Oh, right, they're because they're just going, if I, if we, we, we think we, we're probably going to think we're getting them, but we're probably not. Exactly. And the side effects are that it can cause radio necrosis, so it can cause parts of your brain to die close to where they took it out, or it can cause bleeding in the brain. So it's kind of like, they don't really want to risk that for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Risk, risk for it, reward. Is there, like, when you have, um, like, brain tumors like that, it, is do I guess you, maybe you wouldn't notice as much, but has any of your like family Yet. members or people have they have they mentioned that like uh, there's been like a personality change or anything that happens from having these growths on your no? Brain? So they're still small enough that they aren't really affecting things. Um, is that a possibility that they could? Yeah, probably yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like via pre- is, is it, does that work? Like because they, they grow to a certain size and then they cause pressure and then yeah, the pressure like pushing buttons in your head. Like yeah, block. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah. Because when you think of it like no, that, it, no, that, what's that, that is a thing. It what's is that, pressure. The yeah, doctor. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's. Pre- I'm guessing it's pressure. This, the the heritage minute. <laughs> the I smell burnt toast thing. Isn't that triggered uh, by like that was for. Seizures. That had something to do with seizures. I know, but no, it, she had how a, are, how she had a stroke. Are, but how are, stroke. Stroke. Right, 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 right. How right. was the doctor making her smell that? Was it like a yeah, little electrical, yeah, electrical, electrical toast. simulation? He was like, yeah, he, yeah, no, he was just cooking toast in the surgery room. <laughs> yeah. like, like, it's fucking breakfast. Chill out. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, he was like, yeah. He was I like, know you do. So do I. He was touching her brain with like little prongs. And she was like, oh, Dr. Penfield, I smell burnt toast. Was it Penfield? It was, uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, good for you. Heritage moment, man. Are you kidding me? How yeah. many fucking times have I seen that? Yeah. A thousand million. We need these um, baskets back. <laughs> yeah. Dribble the ball. Dribble it. <laughs> Dad, you guys seen the new heritage moment? The guy that came out of the the, uh, <laughs> the weed store that ran out of weed in, in Nova Scotia? The guy was like, they're all out today. That didn't happen with my regular guy. <laughs> heritage moment, Canada. That's true. Um uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I, yeah, I, f- I feel like, um, you know, hearing that you didn't really look into where those tumors are located sort of like blows my mind because I feel like I would be dying to know because I would want to know, all right, if they are going to grow, where are they growing? And now I want to do the research to figure out how that might affect me. Mm-hmm. You know, like if one's like really close to the pituitary gland or... Is How big oh, am I gonna get? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. How <laughs> jacked up am I gonna be? Uh, you know, or like, it, you know, will it, it? Do we? I, I don't even know if we know. You know, if where if you had a tumor somewhere, if it would change your personality or make you more well I'm more averse sure, to risk, or, or I'm sure they would know. They would know. Well, this area of the brain controls like this variety right. of things. So, like, you could see changes in this, that, or the other thing. Yeah, there's no part of you that's like curious to know that kind of thing. Um, I asked where the first two were, and one was like, I don't remember exactly what they were, but it's kind of fucking depressing. Yeah, to think too much about that. Yeah. I, th- I think eventually, like, if I do get to the stage where they're growing and, like, it's pretty clear that that's what they're going to do, then I might ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, I'd rather try to just put that see up. what happens. Yeah. 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 One of the things, doing your own research, I mean, you run into things like the survival statistics. It can yeah. be pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah, sucks. and that's why doctors say, like, avoid Google. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't, don't Google this. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you looked into Gerson therapy at all? No. Ah. Is it Gerson or Gershwin? Uh, I think it's Gerson. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's, yeah, right. it's it's basically uh, it's an alternative sm- therapy. Smoothies and coffee enemas. Yeah, that's basically it. it sounds like it sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It depends how much you well, like smoothies and how much you like Not coffee enemas. Yeah. <laughs> Never had them. I mean, that was a, that was a very alternative. It's super alternative. It, yeah, it's isn't it's, that what Steve Jobs did? It is uh, probably. Yeah, it well, is. Layton did it. Uh, it is what Steve Jobs d- denied any treatment and went straight Gershwin. Did he? Um, he did. Yeah. It's um, a. It's a very which alternative. Is why he died. It's a very alternative therapy. Is what they say. That, I mean, that's well. That was like the. That was the kind of thing they were like. Well, he he didn't do any other treatment. Yeah. Well, that's. Yeah, that makes sense. You know. But no, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's okay. No, no, go ahead. I'm done. 
No, no, go ahead, Brian. Um, I, I honestly, I don't really w- want to get into it too much because um, I don't want to be like really pro alternative therapy. But um, well, but, like, I think I, it's, I think there's always a, there's always there's space for it. It's and- a it's a very popular. <clears throat> Um, it's a very popular alternative therapy, and I remember that Layton in particular. <laughs> I listened to Layton's episode quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in uh, Layton's case, it, he was like, I'll fucking throw anything at the wall yeah, yeah. and see what sticks. That was totally. last resort. His shit wasn't working. Yeah, um, yeah, it, exactly. But um, at the same time, he did say, not that it, it obviously, like, look, Layton ended up ultimately um, dying, dying yeah. from his illness. Yeah. Uh, but he did, like, I think he felt that that experience overall was was fairly helpful. Yeah. Um, not that it was going to change anything in the long run, but it did make him feel better mm-hmm. um, in the kind of yeah. th- immediate thereafter. And there's absolutely room for alternative therapies, I think, in conjunction with tr- with more you know, Western medicine absolutely. treatments. And, and, and I'm sure that they can help to a certain degree, whether 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 that's as simple as placebo or or as or or as complex as like as you know, the 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 effect that a uh, that diet and uh, and nutrients can have on the way that your body yeah. th- your body and its cells um, you know react and and change and 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 work. But to go to go, uh, I don't to to say it, to to do a just alternative treatment. It's risky. Is, uh, it's, it's, it's inherently riskier. Right? I mean, you can't just take garlic tablet, tablets to cure your HIV. You know? No. You, no. Well, you can't. You can't. Yeah, you're not supposed you to. You really can't. One of the other things about alternative therapy, and I am also taking some natural health products. Like, I live a pretty healthy lifestyle. Like, I cook all my own food, more or less. I eat pretty healthfully. I ride my bike, obviously. You guys, I showed up on my bike. Sweating the motherfucker. Exactly. Um... There are some things which have preclinical benefits for melanoma. So what preclinical means is they haven't done all of the research to say definitively, yeah, this does this. So like I'm taking turmeric right now, which Mm -hmm. has some preclinical things, may or may not do anything. Mm -hmm. I'm also taking cannabinoids, so CBD and THC. They have some preclinical effects, uh, but Mm -hmm. they won't cure your cancer. If anybody thinks marijuana cures cancer, You're fuck wrong. off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If it did, uh, it would be a much very different yeah. world. It, yeah. Though now that you've said that you like cook all your own food and stuff, that definitely makes more sense that you'd have baby hair, like the hair that you have now. <laughs> yeah, I'm but to babies see. can't cook. <laughs> QED. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how do you how do you find? Are you doing like the Rick Simpson blend for the CBD no. stuff? Or? He says you're supposed to take up to two grams per day. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's of, what. You, yeah, you'd be done. You'd well, be high as a motherfucker. That's what Brandon was trying to do. Yeah, like, two and, grams. Yeah, and he freaked out. Remember that? Remember when he just left the? We were all hanging out. I wasn't there, yeah. but a bunch of people were hanging out. He thought Chris and wanted he, to kill him. That's right, and he yeah. left. <laughs> do you mean like two grams, as in like smoke, eat whatever? No, no, no grams two grams of like hash oil. Yeah, a day. Yeah. yeah. But wow. I went to the BC Compassion Club, which is a very well-established medical dispensary. It's been around since the 90s, yeah. which was marijuana is really bad territory. Um, yeah. And they said less, more is not always more. Right. Yeah. Like if you're like, huh, if taking one Tylenol gets rid of my headache, taking 10 Tylenol gets rid it's really going to get rid it's of, rid of, of my headaches, headaches for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and Literally. I think, I, I think that that's it. So my mom <laughs> used uh, CBD oil. Um, she had cancer and mm-hmm. uh, she found that, and it was to treat the side effects, not yeah. to treat the cancer. That's a really useful thing um, for it as well. And it was, and her experience was, was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's awesome that, that now with the legalization, um, and I know that medically it was already accessible, but it was, more challenging, I think, to access than it than it is now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really excited to see like the medical advances and and them understand because I think that's a really good <clears throat> analogy to say that the Advil thing, like you know, taking ten Tylenols or taking ten Advils, mm-hmm. obviously isn't better than taking one or two. But we know this from research, right? So now to see them actually go and do research about the medicinal use of cannabis, mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. The research is going to be so much more accessible because it's legal because. Uh, you know, like when we went on, uh, when we were biking with, um, with Lou not long ago, a friend of ours who's in med school, he was saying, you know, one of the, one of the, the biggest thing that will happen, um, with, with marijuana, with legalization in Canada is that 
is that the red tape to do research is going to be so, so greatly reduced that you'll see probably leaps and bounds in medical, in the uses of cannabinoids in medical treatment because of just the volume of research that will be that will be more easily accessible and easy to do over the next like, 10, 20 years that mm-hmm. just the, the advancements will accelerate rapidly mm-hmm. because he was saying that uh, a friend of his was trying to do research to, to do a thesis on cannabinoids and it was like it was like 10 or 11 months just to see just to get a yes or a no answer if they could do it if they could do the research so like they just put in an application to do the research and almost a year later just to just to possibly get a no you can't do it um so it'll just be leaps and bounds i think which is cool what what other uh alternative um uh therapies or or things are you fucking with so i'm also taking some mushroom pills of various medicinal mushrooms and the theory behind those is basically there's been a battle between animals and fungi for millions and millions of years trying to kill or infect one another so yeah. the theory behind those is it kind of jacks up your immune system a little bit so is it like uh, like chag- chaga chaga yeah and chaga some other ones stuff. i've um, heard those <clears throat> are wild so basically Not i mean i don't necessarily think that these are going to cure me no but if they can increase my survivability by a couple of percentage points, Why that would be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but the, the other important thing to remember about alternative therapies is they do have side effects as well. Like I haven't noticed any side effects from the alternative things that I'm taking, but I do know what they are and I do know they exist. So mm-hmm. if anybody's listening and they want to try it, make sure they know everything about it. Yeah, do your research. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, no doubt. Um, <clears throat> where... Um, where are you so where are you at now in your in your sort of your cancer journey like what's what's next what's what's up on 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 the agenda for like your next treatment or the next thing that you're looking to keep doing the immunotherapy and how long how long is this supposed to last the immunotherapy Uh, forever oh really okay (laughs) so it's not like a it's not like um uh sort of like I, i believe with like chemo and stuff it's like all right we're gonna do these many rounds for this long and then stop. No, so they've seen, they've, uh, basically the consensus within the oncology community is that these drugs will continue to show benefit if you keep taking them. Oh, okay. Um, The particular thing I'm on, the drug that I'm taking is funded by the drug company for two years and then it's likely that they would extend it past that on compassionate grounds. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, if I if I end up in that situation. What would you say is the biggest thing that's like surprised you within this entire experience? Whether it be whether it be like the way your body reacted or or what you learned about yourself. Like was there anything that really stood out that you were like, holy shit. The colitis was really crazy, both going into it and then coming out. Yeah. 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 That's so fucked that you got like a temporary dose of colitis. Yeah. You know? Um, to go back to like, we were, we talked quite a bit about um, your, um, kind of like your mental health through this and the way, and your perspective and the way that you're looking at uh, life and death and your diagnosis. Um, but what about, what about your, like your girlfriend and your family? How has it been trying to manage um, like, like taking care of their reactions and stuff because you mm. you said it yourself earlier that like you know ultimately they're going to have to take care of that themselves like they're 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 in control of their own feelings and their own outlook but like is how does that affect you um so some people have been really great my girlfriend Kashina has been really good i think probably cuz she's closer to the whole thing than everyone else is she's yeah she sees basically it. right beside it me um, my family's also been really good, but you can't really control people's reactions. Like my dad's really worried about me, obviously. Yeah, his of course. Kid, so I, I think it took him a little bit longer to process things than for me. Um, it's also interesting to see how friends react as well. Like I had some people come and visit me in hospital and that was really great, but some people just don't really know how to deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or don't have, have or don't you, want to deal with it. <clears throat> yeah, I was gonna say, have you seen have you seen friends sort of drop off the face of the earth kind of thing? Um <clears throat> not so much having friends drop off the face of the earth, but if somebody can't do that for me, then I can't really spend time around them. Yeah, you so need you, were, you need like the team, you need a you need support. You yeah, 
Yeah. You need people who can understand you. I mean, yeah. I think you always need people who can understand you, but when times are good, you don't realize that quite as much. Yeah. yeah. Like you're in a new, ch- like, you, you know, you open up a new chapter when you get this news that you're going through this thing. And yeah. it's like these characters aren't playing a role in this chapter because they just, they just don't, they can't they be there for can't. you. They can't mm-hmm. understand. Yeah. And, you know, I, th- I think that's something that's really important to think about in life in general. Like, is everyone around you good for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. a major revelation for a lot of people. I mean, I know, I'm, I'm sure that I can say that we've all gone through that. I know that I did when I was like a, a, a big shift when I was like around 20 years old, just kind of really shifted into, into like a different scene because where I was so it didn't really fit anymore. And like, that's a really tough it's a really tough um that's a really tough transition i think to to be able to see when a person or when a group of people don't really don't really fit and tough to anymore. commit to it <clears throat> you know tough to commit to that action as well yeah cuz it, it can be hard it can be hard you know when we it's comfortable it's comfortable it's it's we do this we do this thing where where it's le- Oftentimes, it's very easy for us to slip into this thing where we we focus more on the length of time versus the quality of that time, right? So it's like, oh, well, I'm friends with them because I've been, always been friends with them, mm-hmm. even though they're really not good for you or you're not good for them. But it's because it's because just the way it was and the way it always has been, mm-hmm. and I can't not do that. Yeah, like we went through junior high and high school together, yeah. and, and and then and then you know we we were in university together, and now you know this is just these are who my friends are. And but then I, once you make that realization and you take that step and dude, you do it, you're like, holy yeah, shit! Once, once you make that transition and the yeah. dust has settled, yeah, it's so much brighter it's on amazing. the other side. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other thing is like you you don't have to be. Um, I think I think you can still look back on especially like junior high and high school and those things. Like you can look back on those moments. And be happy that you had those relationships during that time, yeah. but also realize that you know that's not necessarily the group of people that you want to be around yeah. for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. Like you can still appreciate those. Well, moments. you shift you shift and shape in different ways, and then and 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 a lot of people just don't go in the same, just don't shape and shift in, in the same way. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I, I, when we became like, I could have probably said before I met you that I was like, I've got all my friends. Yeah, and then Jaron Taylor, Jer, yeah, Jer, yeah, yeah, sorry, Jer, so speaking about Jeremy, and then like we meet, and then obviously we became like best friends, and it was like, oh, gotta add another one, uh, well, another friend, I, dude. Do you know? Who, do you know who? Who I am I going to get rid of this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Do you know who I, who I had to boot out of my best friend circle <laughs> yeah, and make yeah. room for you? Yeah, guess he he's was on the pissed. bench now. He was pissed. Yeah, yeah, I met him. <laughs> he hates you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what would you say, Oliver, is the biggest thing that your cancer experience has taken away from you? Uh, the ability to plan for the future, basically. Yeah. Yeah, like you were saying about the whole the whole thing about going to Montreal to get your... Yeah, and I don't know, it depends how you frame it. Like, it's not necessarily a bad thing, desi- deciding to live more for the near future. Like, you can get a yeah. lot out of that. For but sure, it's just. Yeah. I don't know, like I was on this track to do something that I wanted to do and my girlfriend had got the possibility of a really cool job in Montreal and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, that's not happening. It's, mm, it's, right. it's interesting how like uh, <clears throat> like not planning for the future, people like say that that's irresponsible. Um, but also like being in the moment is just so, like <laughs> obviously there's this balance to this idea, but like, but like when you're truly present and you're just totally ignorant to the the long term and to the future it's so nice to be like just carefree and in the moment but then again like there has to be some balance of like yeah oh fuck it also allows you to see to to be more open or to actually see some opportunities that that, exist right now that exist right now for Mm -hmm. the long term that if you had already made your plan Right, you yeah, wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. even see, you wouldn't even see yeah. come across because you're like, well, I know what I'm, I know where I'm going, I know what I want, so these things are coming across, and I'm, and I'm seeing them, but I'm just letting them see, pass right I, by. I like to always think of like myself as having a long term plan, but being really um, flexible and shifting that as opportunities or different things come up. Um, and, and I think that that's, you know, I think that's it's a it's a really fun way to live life because you 
you feel like you're prepared for the future, but you're also willing to to shift and change as mm. things change. Mm-hmm. What totally. would you say is the biggest thing that your your cancer experience has given you? <clears throat> it's just made me think about how I want to live my life, just kind of from day to day or in general. I mean, just thinking about what's what's worthwhile for me to do. Um, what's going to make me happy, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is worthwhile for you to do right now? Um, I've been hanging out and doing a lot of art. I've also been looking for a job, which has been so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so just, I don't know, cooking food, just hanging out with my girlfriend, going on bike rides, just and, and like you guys were saying, being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what medium of art? I've been, well... I've been doing a bunch of things. So I've been doing some leather work. Like I made a wallet. I made a belt. I made a watch strap on my watch here. You made s- that? I did. That's fucking sweet. It's easier than you think. Yeah. Yeah. If you can sell, you can make a... Well, I guess you just take some leather and cut it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and you punch holes in it and sew it together. And meanwhile, this schmuck over here probably paid $40 for that thing. Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh... This I got for free because I talked very sternly to a sales rep. <laughs> very sternly. <laughs> Jesus. I wish to complain. Yeah. Taylor loves a good complaint. I do. Send your uh, complaints to Taylor at McKill <laughs> uh, at um, uh, what, what other kind of mediums of art? Leather? I've been doing some printmaking as well. Nice. Um, been doing some other things. Can't think of them off the top yeah. of my head. Mm-hmm. Reading a lot of books. Okay. All right. So to wrap this up then best book recommendation you can give right now best book you've ever read oh dude that's a tough one yeah you're fucking right it is that's why i left it for the last it's question easy, it's easy for jared to answer actually because he he's only read like one book that's right uh there's this book that bible probably is <laughs> and i fucking love it <laughs> read it over Amen. and over and over again best every piece night, of fiction every ever. night 10 old, minutes every are night are you team old testament or team new <laughs> yeah, testament yeah, yeah old testament all the way man <laughs> Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, on, I'm on that OG you're on that, shit. You're on that crazy shit. That's right. <laughs> I don't fuck around. So perhaps topically with what we've been talking about, there's this book called Stumbling Into Happiness. I think it's by Daniel Gilbert or something. I'm not really sure. But the title is for sure Stumbling Into Happiness. And it talks about some of the, some of the barriers that everyone has to happiness um, in their thinking based on kind of human psychology. So it, it's mm. a really good read, kind of social psychology sort of thing. It's not too technical. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. If you're interested in being happy, you should probably read it. Nice. Or mm-hmm. understanding why you're happy. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the what's the best book that you what's your favorite book of all time? Um my favorite book of all time probably Shantaram. Yeah, Shantaram's pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Jer? Uh I really like fiction <clears throat> and um I would say it's a toss up between Orcs and Crake. Uh, by Margaret Atwood or Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Cormac McCarthy's got some yeah, good they're shit. They're both my. They're both. They're like my. F- yeah. Probably top two favorite authors. Um, I yours is Philosopher's Stone. That's a close second. Yeah. Um, I very much enjoy. There's a, a East of Eden is a really great one. Oh yeah, I borrowed that from you, and I never started it. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's very visceral. There's just it no, turns there's my no, stomach. There's no pictures of it. I was yeah, like, yeah, the there's no pictures. This? And then I read, I read a no really, coloring. I read a really <laughs> great book actually on the top, like kind of in the same line of like a, a fictional um, man's search for meaning is a book called I Am David, which is about a, a little uh, of a young boy of like ten years old who escapes from a concentration camp and is like. Basically, on the run in, yeah, in, heavy. in Nazi Germany is really, really cool. Um, you know, very, did you read? Cool. Did you read "Open" by Andre Agassi? No, I didn't. Oh, it's good, guys. We should start yeah. a sick boy book club. Yeah, we should yeah. book reading club. We should actually. So One week, yeah, right. do the most depressing book, and then the next week, do yeah, really, yeah, really yeah, really just do a super, yeah, we'll super just do like Clifford book. goes to the park or something. I, uh, you know what? Uh, Kyla gave me for um, for my birthday is a book. Called on, um, I can't remember the title of it, but the it's vegan about, it's, cookbook. It's, no, it's, a, it's about the psycho, the psycho how to cook uh, vegans or how to cook, yeah, yeah. How to cook yeah, vegans. Yeah. Yeah. It's a psychonaut. By, it's by Michael Pollan, and it's about how oh, yeah. it's about how, how psychoactive drugs and psychedelics can like. Oh, she bought you the Michael Pollan book. Yeah, dude, he talks about five meo DMT in that. Yeah, it, it's like psychedelics and how it can like how <clears> it can basically change your it came life. Out, and, it came out earlier this year, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be an amazing 
book. Yeah, I, I haven't started it yet, but I'm excited. Oh, fuck yeah! Cool. Speaking of um, and last book, uh, book, book, book part segment. Uh, We're really beating thing. this fucking thing to death, aren't we? <laughs> uh, and speaking of psychoactives, I'm sure that Haruki Murakami is on was on psychoactives when he wrote some of his original fiction because it is like reading a daydream, like reading a dream. Like it's some of his stuff is is really crazy, but um, he's my favorite author. There you go. Mm-hmm. One go. more thing. So Dune by Frank Herbert, probably Ooh, yeah. my one of my top fiction books ever. Is there a new a Dune time. coming out? Is there a new? Are they do, doing they're redoing a, a movie? Yeah, they're, or they're doing the movie. Yeah, because because they just re released Dune on Netflix. Really, like OG Dune, dude. How about the we, Chrysalids? <clears throat> that why is that not a movie? I that don't book know. is so fucking good. It is so good. And so crazy that we read that in like what grade seven or something? And I've recommended this to you, and I know because I know you like sci-fi. Love it. Uh Man in the High Tower. I know. I gotta I know. I or know. Or is it Man in the High Castle? Man in the High Castle. Man in the High Castle. I think. Dude. Yeah. So also on Amazon Prime, and apparently it's really good. Speaking of sci-fi, Guys, this is, this is, why don't we start this podcast? We need, we need a book podcast. Let's just sit around talking about books cool to read shit. before you die. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Dude, uh, sci-fi, a oh sci-fi, Ready Player One. Oh man, how fun was that? I mean, that's a film. That We're getting into that, another podcast. I, 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 I know. So that's why I said speaking of sci-fi in general. Yeah, Ready like, Player yeah. One was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. fuck. Yeah, did you guys, and you know what? Actually, you were saying Hereditary earlier. Did you see Hereditary? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's very scary. Don't watch it. It, it will ruin you. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I love our, our podcast, guys. Okay. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for coming in and, and sharing your experience, Oliver. I'm, I, I, I'm rooting for you. I'm, I'm, you know, I want you to keep us updated and keep us posted on how you're, Absolutely, how yeah. you're trucking along. Yeah. Yeah. So thank well, you. Thanks for having me on. It was a really fun conversation. Yeah. Great. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back next week, as we always are. And in the meantime, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And for sure, hit the subscribe button because it means the world to us. And it allows people to hear the conversations that we're, that we're having here. Mm-hmm. And if you want to financially support us, you can do that. Uh, yeah, you can go over to patreon.com slash sickboy. And uh, and help us out. I mean, we're in Vancouver right now. We're having lots of awesome conversations, and it's really because of all the people that have been able to do that. And it's it's also great that um, the people that do contribute to that get to get the full and uh, un, unredacted versions of our shows, where like you know some of the most interesting and and juicy parts of the show show isn't isn't um, isn't just blank space. That's <laughs> That's did, are you, did, you just, did you just lie? Yeah, like blatantly, you're just blatantly lie? lying right now. Well, I mean, no. This what I mean, what I mean is that if you didn't, if you don't contribute to the show and you just listen to this podcast, there's probably a, like large chunks <clears throat> that you actually don't know that you missed. Yep, don't miss my is, mime routine. Yeah, and like yeah, just, the audio mime routine, and you just don't get that if you don't okay. contribute. <clears throat> so anyway, thanks for everyone who did contribute. We love you. And uh, thanks to Donovan for the amazing uh, sound design on this show to make it sound like we are literally at a Formula One race right now. And it sounds so annoyingly loud. Yeah, you know what? You're annoyingly loud. Um, and, uh, and thanks to Take Part for the theme music. Uh, they're so great. Thanks, Take Part. Take Part in this.bandcamp.com for more of their tunes. And that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. I'm Oliver. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.